0: In the book of Romans, let's stand at chapter 11, and we're going to read a few verses, not many, and go as far as we can in this chapter. This sweet little chapter. matter of fact, you study chapter 10 and 11, and 9. You study 9, 10, and 11, and I'm on the back side of where usually I start with this, but we go into chapter 11. Verse one says, I say then, hath God cast away his people? Question one now it's talking about the Jew here. Hath God cast away his people? Paul is questioning, God has inspired him to write. And then Paul answers and says, God forbid. And then he answers, For I am for I also am an Israelite. Paul is. Of the seed of Abraham, of the tribe of Benjamin. Paul gives us his credentials. Of what tribe is it? Matter of fact, Paul could say something that most Jews can't tell you today. They can't tell you what tribe they are of, simply because the records were destroyed in 70 A.D. by Titus and the Romans. They may guess, but they don't know. And God's kept that a mystery, but God knows every one of them. And where they're at. Verse two said, "God hath not cast away His people, which He foreknew, the ones He known before." So again, talking about the Jew. What ye not? What the Scripture saith of Elias, how he maketh intercession to God against Israel, saying, "Lord, now here's the reason they're where they're at. Lord, they have killed Thy prophets, and dig down Thine altars." And I am left alone, and they seek my life. But what saith the answer of God unto him? And here's what God said, I have reserved to myself seven thousand men who have not bowed the knee to the image of Baal. Even so then, at this present time also, there is a remnant according to the election of grace. And if by grace, then is it no more of works? Otherwise, grace is no more grace. But if it be of works, then is it no more grace? Otherwise, work is no more work. And I know marbles are rolling in your head now. Amen. You don't know what all that is. We may get down to that, may not, but we'll talk about up to that. Bow your head, please. Be seated. Or be seated and then bow your head. Might be easier and safer. And let's pray. Father, give us the touch of God on our lips today. Touch our mind that we might be in right accord with the Scriptures. Touch our heart that we might be elevated, or Lord, touched by the Spirit of the living God. May our heart Lord, get these things in right order and convey them to the people. And then, Lord, give us lips of, under, minds of understanding, and lips of, Lord, where we can speak. And may we speak as we wish we had when we stand at the judgment bar. I pray, God, we'll say what we need to say, no more and no less. May we not add anything nor take anything away from the Word of God here this morning. Lord, I pray if there's one under the sound of our voice today that's not saved, I pray you'd save them. If there's a church member here that's been around for a long time, and they didn't get saved, but they just were deceived, I pray God you'd save them. If there's one that's cold and calloused and unconcerned, I pray you'd build a fire under them today. Lord, I pray today when we walk out of this building, we can say it's been good to be into the Lord's house. And we got something from the Word. Strengthen our soul, increase our knowledge. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Paul the Apostle, and he's talking about the Jew here. Most of you know it, but in case you don't, I'll add it to it today that Paul is the Apostle to the Gentiles. Time has changed from the book of Romans back to the book of Matthew, Mark, and Luke. Christ has died. The blood's been shed. He's risen on the third day. There's no need for another sacrifice because Christ has become the supreme sacrifice. His blood was sprinkled on the mercy seat of God. And God accepts the person of Christ and the blood has become powerful enough to wash away sin. When they killed an animal, a goat, a bullock, whatever it was that they used in the Old Testament, they caught that blood and sprinkled it on the mercy seat of the tabernacle. The priest sprinkled that blood and when he did, God accepted that blood as a covering for sin. Didn't wash it away. Didn't take it away. It covered it. And God accepted that and the people lived that way. But when the New Testament economy came out, Christ is risen from the dead and His blood has been sprinkled on the mercy seat in the heavens, then I want you to know that... uh, There's no sin that hasn't been uh, washed away that has been confessed. You confess your sin and God uh, washes away that sin. I'm glad my sins are not covered by the blood, but washed in the blood. That's why we sing the song that way. Brother, this is not something new. This has been preached and taught since the days of Christ. And I give God the praise and the glory. But now... Go back sometime or another when you can and read the ninth chapter and the tenth chapter of the book of Romans and kind of look at what I'm saying today and you'll see what's happened. The Jews now have been put on the sidetrack. This is the day of the Gentile. You know what a Gentile is? Anybody but a Jew. There's the Jew, there's three entities in the Bible from Genesis to Revelation. I preached on this many times. Uh, Many of you know what I'm fixing to say. Three entities in the Bible. God deals with every single one of them from Genesis to Revelation. One is the Jew. The Old Testament economy, all the Old Testament deals with one primary people the Jew. Gentiles are known as dogs. There were some Gentiles saved. In the Old Testament, Ruth, Amen. I can give you several of them. There's many of them were saved in the Old Testament, and uh, even in the days of the Law, people were saved by grace. Matter of fact, that's the only way anybody's saved by grace, the unearned, unmerited favor. I'm having trying to give the whole Bible a story in one little message. That's why it's going to take a while. But I'm trying to say this: when I'm looking at this. They, they rejected God. They turned their back on God. They walked away from God. They denied the Scriptures. They forgot God, and God tolerated it. Put them in bondage. Tried to get them to turn their mind and back and heart back toward God. God tried to get them to return back to Him through the old prophets as He preached through those old prophets, and they kept on going their own direction. Now, after Christ died on the cross of Calvary, the Jews are still trying to keep themselves under the law. And a few of them got saved and God turned and took, pull the Gentile, pulled the Jew back and pulled the Gentile in. And now He's preached to us Gentiles, you know what we've done? The same things those Jews have done. We forgot God. We've forsaken God. we walked away from God. And God won't continue to tolerate that. He'll cut us off too. I read that in the Bible. Now let's look at this scripture. Paul says, I say then, hath God cast away his people? No, he ain't really done it. But where's the Jew today? He's blinded. You go to Israel and ask them if they are a Christian... About every one, I'm going to tell you they're Christian, but they don't know what a Christian is. You ask them about Christ, and they'll talk about uh, uh, him as a prophet, as a great leader, as a teacher. They go to the Wailing Wall, the Western Wall, and they pray. They got little prayers that stick in the in the wall in the little cracks, and they pull them out and they read them little prayers. And those prayers are praying that the Messiah would come. Come, Messiah! They're still looking for the Messiah that was promised in the Old Testament. Now I want to tell you, the Messiah has come. And that's the Lord Jesus Christ. And they rejected Him. They said, Away with Him! Crucify Him! Crucify Him! Give us Barabbas! This man here, he must die. And they nailed him to the cross. And God said through uh, them, He said, uh, if I, if What you do if you crucify Him... Your blood's going to be upon your heads and hands. And it is. And God cut them off and slide them to the side. They're a religious group. And uh, I appreciate a Jew. And I'm not knocking a Jew. I love the Jew. Brother God done told Abraham. said, "I'll, I'll bless the nation. I'll bless the people. I'll bless anybody that blesses a Jew. And I'll curse anybody that curses a Jew. I'm not going to put my hands against the Jew. And I hope America never turns her back on the Jewish nation, and brother. I'll tell you, do we're in trouble. That'll be the last break. That'll be that'll be the little cam- That'll be the what the little straw breaks the camel's back. And God won't tolerate that. But I want to say, God put them on the sideline. God said, "What I'm going to do? I'm going to put you over here to the side. I ain't forgetting you." See, look at verse one. I say, then hath God cast away His people? God forbid. For I also am an Israelite of the seed of Abraham of the tribe of Benjamin. God hath not cast away his people which he foreknew. Watch you not, what the scripture saith of Elias, how he maketh intercession to God against Israel. Now we're going to read on down a little bit further today, sometime either now or tonight. And we're going to find that what God has done is, I'm going to put you, but you're coming back out. Israel will be born And a nation will be born out of Israel again one day. God's not through with Israel. But one day God's going to get through with the church. And I'm not talking about He's going to to kill everybody in the church. Don't you go out and tell that. What's happening is we're living in the last days. And the reason we're in the last days, the Bible said, in the last days perilous times would come. Men will be lovers of ourselves and, and not lovers of God. they be covetous and boasters and proud and heady and high-minded. And He goes with a long list. Disrespectful and disobedient to parents. Unthankful and all the things. You see, let me tell you this. God will one day cut us off because we've done the same thing. I want you to look at these things as we look at it today. You know what Israel done? She lost her faith. Now, you can lose your faith. You can't lose your salvation if you've been saved. But you can lose your faith. I may be talking to some today, probably am. I don't pick out. I don't know you. Amen. I try my best to know as little as I can about these things because I don't want it to be something that I'm going to major on the pulpit and I know you're guilty of. I'd rather not know what you do. That's the reason I don't sit at your house with my feet on your coffee table. I may check out things and call you and so forth. But I tell you what, I don't really care what you do out yonder. That's between you and God. And brother, if I preach it right, it's going to get down on the inside. And it's going to change your life. And I'm not going to pick on you because I know you've been somewhere and done something. But I ain't going to promise you God ain't. You with me? And so I look at this this morning. The Israelites lost their faith. They had been blessed of God better than greater than any nation in the world. No nation's ever been blessed like the Jewish nation. God stayed with them. He fed them. Can you just imagine going 40 years in the wilderness and coming out with the same suit of clothes that you had when you went in? You said they made fabric good back yonder. No, it was a better God. I mean, a good God, not a better God, but a good God. The Bible said that their feet didn't swell. That means that they had the right kind of diet. They had manna from heaven. God fed them for 40 years. Give them water. Amen. Bread and water. Heavenly bread is good, and heavenly water is good. God even gave them other things. But I want to tell you something. After a while, they said, we don't want this stuff no more. We're tired of this. And they turned to other things. And God, after a while, said, I'll tell you what I'll do. I'll let you have what you want. Amen. But sometimes God will give you something you don't want, or something you want, and you find out now, I wish I hadn't had it. Amen. And so that's what's happened to the Israelites. They... Gradually, day by day, begin to lose their faith. They didn't lose their faith knowing God because they knew God had took care of them all the time. What they're doing, they're forgetting it, but their faith, believing it, God's going to supply them. i watched people... Listen, when I started preaching a long time ago, I want you to know, I watched people believe and trust God for everything. They didn't worry. They didn't have much. But now we've got everything. We don't pay too much attention Amen. When we had an old car we had to push off every day and had to pray to get a battery to go in because that's all's wrong with it. Amen. Now we can go uh four or five different places and get a get a four or five different batteries in one day. We got plastic in our pocket and we can get something. Amen. Uh back hundred years ago they didn't have nothing but food that they raised. You with me? Had to milk the old cow and tend to the chickens and get the eggs and all that stuff and kill the cow and kill the hog. Had to slop the hog before you kill the hog. That's a common thing. We used to have to get out and feed the chickens. I remember that. Feed the chickens and slop the hog. It's always a thing. We go over to Grandma's. Uh, on Sunday sometimes, not always, but sometimes on Sunday, and uh, they'd have a big meal and they'd cook it all and stretch it out over the table. Seemed like we eat a lot better then than we do now. I mean, you know what they done? Cooked a big meal, put it on the table and after we got through. Didn't have refrigeration like we have now. Put a big old sheet over it and eat it again for Sunday evening. Why, well, some of y'all would have a hissy fit if we done that today. Put all the reason. Put the sheet on. is keep a, keep the flies off of it. Amen. And uh, then have and they eat that. Boy, we just, and when they got through, they took the plates and scraped them off into the dishwasher. I mean, in a in a dishpan, and they washed them dishes. And then the, the slop that come off of them, you know, the ref, I don't know, Maybe I won't call it slop then, because it wasn't slop when he's on the table. But they take the pieces of cornbread and the bacon and, and the beans and uh, everything else and put it in there and I watched my grandma take the old uh, soapy dish water, pour it down in that pan, take it out there, slosh it up a little bit and pour it out and them hogs gone going, hum, hum, hum i never seen such a sight in all my life and I didn't smell such a smell either. <laughs> Amen. But that bacon sure was good. Didn't have refrigeration. Hung it up in the smokehouse and had country ham, cathead biscuits. Hey, and people called on God. They wanted to know where we're we going to get our next meal. Lord, we trust in you. Thank you for everything. Lay down in bed at night and the wind blowing the rug fly up in the floor. Curtains of swinging back and forth, and some of the window panes out. We'd take, we'd put blankets or what we could in them holes. Hey, but we thank God for what we had. Now we got everything. You can give a kid twenty five gifts at Christmas, sitting down on the floor, and they're going through it, tearing it up like they're wild Indians, and get it all opened up. Look at it. Put one here, one, there. and now they're sitting in the midst of it. Looks like a. a a big old store. Looked like they put them in the middle of Kmart. They got all that stuff and they look up and said, Is this all? Am I telling the truth? That's Unthankful, ungrateful, unholy. Can I take you to Romans chapter 1 for a moment? In Romans chapter 1, God said, and this is not the this is not the Jewish nation, it's, it's it's the whole world to a sense, and he said, What happens is they forgot God. Back up to chapter one. Hey Amen. I wasn't going there myself, but I was going to but we'll go there now. In chapter number one, the Bible said in verse 24, wherefore God also gave them up to uncleanness through the lust of their own hearts, to dishonor their own bodies between themselves. We've had all these perverts come out, and they are chasing men, chasing men, and women chasing women. Lord, have mercy. I just can't comprehend that. I've never seen a man I wanted to chase, except to run him off. (laughs) Amen! Amen! A man make goo-goo eyes at me and son... Uh, Me and him is gone. I'm running as far as I can go. I'm putting my car in drive and putting it to the floor. That's when I hit the pedal to the metal. I'm gone. Ain't got no time for that. Amen. Amen. And now then, uh, it's just... And God said that's what they want. In verse 21, it said, Because when they knew God, they glorified Him not as God... And that's what America's done. Neither were thankful but became vain in their imaginations and their foolish heart was darkened. Professing themselves to be wise, they became fools. And changed the glory of the uncorruptible God into an image made like unto corruptible man and to birds and four-footed beasts and creeping things. In other words, they put their idols out and God was a nothing. They start worshiping things and honoring things instead of God Almighty. I want to tell you something. I know where my faith is. Amen. Amen. I don't even trust me, much less you. Right. Yeah. I put my trust in God. Yeah. Then he said, here, God gave them over to uncleanness. Or God gave them up to uncleanness. Verse 25, he said, Who changed the truth of God into a lie and worshiped and served the creature? More than the Creator who is blessed forever. Amen. And Paul goes on to say, For this cause God gave them up unto vile affection. In other words, that's what they wanted. God said, I'll let them have what they want. And that's where America is this morning. For even their women did change the natural use into that which is against nature. And likewise also the men, leaving the natural use of the woman, burned in their lust one toward another, men with men, working that which is unseemly, and receiving in themselves that recompense of their error, which was a meat. Now that's what's happened. America's changed and come to that portion of time. Now it's men chasing men, women chasing women. And now they want you and me as taxpayers to keep them up and get all the benefits. Well, I'll tell you what, a government, brother, that will ever allow that and uh, back it up, and they do, ours does. Brother, right now, you can mark it down, it's going down. God ain't going to tolerate it. God said, I'll just let them have that. Here's what God said. Whether we've got there yet, I don't know. But I'll tell you, some's got there. And one of these days, you talk about Sodom and Gomorrah, we talk about in the days of Lot, I mean in the days of Noah, they were eating, drinking, marrying, giving in marriage, and knew not till the flood came and took them all away. We forget sometimes as it was in the days of Lot. And the Bible said in verse 28, and even as they did not like to, what, retain God, and they're not. We don't even like to think about God. We don't even like to talk about God. Are we in that society today? Yeah. You go down to one of these places of business and start talking about God. Brother, I'll guarantee you, your crowd will get thin. They won't hang. If they, if they can't walk off and leave you right, some of them walk off and leave you right there, but you'll start watching them inch toward the door. And even as they did not like to retain God, uh, retain God in their knowledge, God gave them over to a reprobate mind to do those things which are not convenient. God turns them over when you're reprobate and you're given over to a reprobate mind. God says, You do what you want to. I'm letting you have your own way with this thing. God said, My hand is not on you no more. And that's basically what He did to the Jew, and He put the Jew on the sideline. Now, it wasn't the same sins. Had some of the same sins. But, they rejected God and their faith got cold and God put them on the sideline. God put them over there. God's doing America the same way. God's got a new remedy for all this. Now, I want to look at something. He gives something that interjects it here and I want to kind of preach on that. I, I You know, I, there's a lot of stuff here. I can't even imagine getting very deep in this today. We go to 1 Kings chapter 19. He mentions a man by the name of Elijah. Elijah is one of my favorite prophets. Actually, all of them are my favorite. I like all of God's prophets. But Elijah just stands out a little bit more to me. He reminds me of me a little bit. He you think he was a powerful man. He was. He had faith. But his faith got weak. He is. The Bible said Elijah was a man of like passions as you and me. That's what he said about him. Go to the 19th chapter. I'm going to read a little bit more scripture than I normally read when I'm preaching. As a matter of fact, we're here for that, just the Bible, you know. Some of you ain't gonna pick it up again until next week, so I might as well give you a whole Bible, week of Bible readings. First Kings 19. And they have told Jesse Baal all that Elijah had done. And if you don't know what that is, he's done took the 450 prophets of Baal down to the brook and killed them. He's done, uh, prayed fire down out of heaven before that. And now he's prayed and it's rained for three. Hadn't rained in three and a half years, and now it's come up a rain. Rained for three. Now that's what he. Ahab went and told Jezebel. Ahab's the most wicked king in the Bible. Jezebel's the worst, most wicked woman in the Bible. She's a queen. Amen. When you call your little daughter Jezebel, you're, boy, you're taking her down pretty low. Then Jezebel sent a messenger unto Elijah saying, So let to God's do to me, and more also, if I make not thy life, is the life of one of them by tomorrow about this time. Now, this is the message that comes back to Elijah. Jezebel said, I'll tell you right now, in 24 hours, big boy, you're over. Now, when a queen puts out a death warrant on you, I guess she means business. Right? You'd have thought that oh, Elijah stood up tall and said, Bless God, God in heaven's going to take care of me. But he had a lot of Baptists in him. Verse 3. And when he saw that, this Elijah, he arose and went for his life. He started running. The death warrants come out on Elijah, and his faith was so strong, he took off running. Did his faith get weak? Did he lose sight of where he was? Did he really lose sight of his God? Hey Amen. The other night, my house was shaking. I was beginning to wonder myself. You with me? A lot of people lost some of their faith as they lost their job maybe this week. And if they lost their job, they're thinking about, oh, how am I going to make it? Car tore up, wondering how am I going to make it? House tore up, going to, how, how am I going to make it? It's easy to look at faith and lose our faith to some degree. And when he saw that, he arose and went for his life and came to Beersheba which belonged to Judah, and left his servant there. But he himself went a day's journey into the wilderness. Now, if I ever wanted to run anywhere, it wouldn't be to the wilderness. Maybe he thought Jezebel didn't know where the wilderness was. And came and sat down, and that's another thing I don't want to do. I don't want to sit down on God under a juniper tree and he requested for himself that he might die have you ever got the place oh it's happened everything has happened it'd be good god just go ahead and take me on out of here i know some of you have said that down through years about everybody in this building has done that from time to time yeah. Yeah. if you ain't said that now i mean here he is you get the attitude of suicide but i think too much of myself to kill myself but I have got the place, maybe somebody come by and knock my head off, you know, or something. I ain't never wanted that either, but if I was going to go any way like that, I, I don't want to do it myself. And, uh, you know, he said, it's, it's enough. Now, oh Lord, take away my life or I'm not better than my father's. I ain't done that, but I have gotten in trouble. And I've said this before. Lord, I wish you'd just sound the trumpet and call me up today. How I many's done that, you know. Amen. <laughs> yeah. Well, the rest of you, you may have a rough time to start doing it. I think one hand went up. Amen. Oh, ain't we self-righteous? Hey man, I've been in them places. Oh Lord, take away my life! Now he really didn't mean that. Elijah didn't mean that. If he had, all he'd had done went down there and knocked on Jezebel's door. Jezebel would have fixed him right up. And as he lay down, and as he lay and slept under a juniper tree, behold, then an angel touched him and said unto him, Arise and eat. Now, you ain't supposed to sit down and lay down. You're supposed to get up and go. Notice what he said. Arise and eat. And he looked, and behold, there was a cake baking on the coals and a cruse of water at his head. And he did eat and drink and laid him down again. Uh-oh. And the angel of the Lord came again and the second time and touched him and said, Arise and eat, because the journey is too great for thee. i to tell him twice. Have you ever had to be told twice? I had to tell my kids twice, but after I told them twice, it was over. Huh? Yeah. You hear me this morning? Uh Uh-huh. God has to tell... He had to tell Jonah to go to Nineveh the second time. And you read on down and you find out uh, that everything's happening and there was an earthquake and a fire and a, and all the things and the rocks rent and all that. And God wasn't in that, but is in the still small voice. Behold, there came a voice unto him and said, What doest thou here, Elijah? Down in verse number 13. I'm trying to get him straightened out. Now Elijah, and he's using Elijah over here to show that faith can get weak. And show you and me that our faith can get weak. And if we're not careful, we'll forget God. But we forget Him gradually and a little bit at a time. When you feel yourself, when you first uh, start slowing down for God, and your faith starts growing a little weak, you can tell it. But after a few days, you get to where you don't pay much attention to it. And after a while, you get to where God's not even mentioned in your mind much no more. Every once in a while, He runs across your mind. But if you've ever been where you're supposed to be with God, you won't never forget it completely. Uh, And it'll hound you to the day you die. And that's what happens. But here in this day of grace, God is going to cut us uh, loose one of these days. I want us to go back and time's done got me and I want to, find a way to get out and slow down and cut it off, a stopping place. Go to verse number twenty-four or 25 of Romans 11. Now, there's a lot of preaching in between that, and we'll come back and pick up some of that. But I want us to go to verse number 25 of chapter 11, and here's what God is going to show us. The Jews today are on the sidelines. God's dealing with us Gentiles. But He's going to get tired of dealing with us Gentiles. And then He's going to rapture the church out, come and get the church and take the saints of God out of here. Get us Gentiles out now. By the way, I want to tell you, Jews do get saved in the day of grace. I know some Jews that have gotten saved. Just like it was in the Old Testament, tables turned around. But notice in verse 25, He said, For I would not, brethren that you should be ignorant of this mystery. In other words, this is a mystery. He said, lest ye should be wise in your own conceits. That blindness in part has happened to Israel. Blindness in part. They're not totally 100% blind, but they are blind in part to the dispensation of times. They're blind to the fact that the Messiah has already come. They're still looking for Him. But it said, blindness in part has happened to Israel. And then He said, until... How long now? He's going to tell you. Until the fullness of the Gentiles become come in. The church is going to run its course. And when it runs its course... And Lord, the Lord comes and gets the church... And the Gentiles. Then you'll find out in the last part of this chapter, God's going to deal with the Jew again in the tribulation hour and bring them back to the knowledge of the truth. Now, Israel will be born again and rise up. They're trying to annihilate the Jew and get rid of him. They're trying to get rid of him. Can't stand the Jew and all that. But they're never going to get rid of the Jew. I read the rest of the book. The Jews in the front will be in the front line again. Yep. She's unforgotten, God forsaken, God, and her faith got weak. The church has got weak. And the Lord's going to come and get us and take us off the scene. Now the picture, but the Jew got to deal with again. And brother, this country is going to go through a big change a lot of things when the Lord comes and gets the church. tribulation sets in. You ain't never seen no chaotic mess in all your life. Is what's going to be on the earth. When God starts reeling and rocking this old nation and this world. Shaking it loose. Sending them little Jews out across the country to preach the gospel of the kingdom. It's going to be something. May God have His way. Heads bowed. Eyes closed. I pray that God will help us with this.